it's it's amazing. I run all day. Like the stuff that that used to make me tired before when I was doing a lot of the pro, like processed foods and stuff. Um, you know, it it doesn't tire me out anymore. It's like the oxygen is just free flowing in my body. I utilize oxygen a lot better. Recovery time. I don't get sore after workouts at all anymore. That's NFL defensive lineman David Carter, aka the three hundred pound vegan. This week on the Rich Roll Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. How you doing? What's going on? It's Rich here, Rich Roll, your host on the podcast. Thanks for tuning into the show where I engage what I feel are the most compelling, the most intriguing, paradigm-breaking minds and personalities across all categories of positive culture change. Everything from health and wellness to Fitness, professional sports, athletic performance, medicine, nutrition, the arts, spirituality, psychology, inspiration, and of course, excellence. And as I always say, these are not interviews. These are conversations. The purpose of which is to leverage the insights provoked to simply help you live and be better. It's pretty simple, right? To help all of us unlock and unleash our best, most authentic selves. So, Thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes. Thank you for downloading our free mobile iOS app. Thank you for spreading the word on social media. And thank you for always clicking through the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com for all your Amazon purchases. It's a great free way to support the mission. Make it easy by bookmarking the link from the banner ad on my site to your browser. And you know what? Everybody wins. Okay. So it's one thing to be a skinny endurance athlete, a guy like me, thriving on a plant-based diet. But what about sports that place a premium on size, speed, agility, power, quickness, and just plain brute force? Well, that's a different species of athlete. That's another thing altogether, right? I mean, is it possible to compete at the highest level of the NFL, not as a punt returner, not as a quarterback, or even as a running back, but as a defensive lineman, a position where only the absolute biggest, baddest, strongest, and fastest survive? So there's a lot of anticipation about today's guest, a lot of intrigue, and I'm really happy to report that David Carter brings the goods big time today, and he does not disappoint. So more on the guy who goes by the moniker, the 300-pound vegan, in a minute, but first. We're brought to you today by Momentus. Over the last 16 years, I can safely say that I have tried almost every single plant-based protein out there. And I can tell you that most of them are highly processed with tons of additives and or they taste terrible, they're not third-party tested or simply just don't hit the nutritional bullseye with a legit science-supported formula with the appropriate amino acid profile that promotes optimal nutrient absorption, which is all just a long way of saying how enthusiastic I was to be introduced to Momentus's 100% plant-based protein, which solves for all of the above and then some with a precise blend of pea and rice proteins, which yields a complete amino acid profile, tastes great, and has become my go-to to ensure my body is supplied with energy for proper recovery and function. Momentus products are simply the best in the industry, which is why they're used by over 90% of NFL teams, 
by Olympians, Tour de France champs, and world-class athletes across every sport. With all the BS in the supplement world, I trust Momentus's industry-leading quality standards and quality. Try Momentus for yourself by going to livemomentus.com slash richroll for 20% off plant-based protein and all of their top-of-the-line products. That's L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S dot com slash richroll for 20% off. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is, without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics, and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor-fit, built-to-move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team. From increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by a very exciting brand new sponsor, Go Brewing. I am sober. I don't drink. And I devoted so many episodes of this podcast to the unreal benefits of an alcohol-free lifestyle. Why? Because even if you don't have issues with booze and suds, no amount of alcohol is good for you. At a minimum, it wreaks havoc on your sleep and produces a hangover that destroys your energy, your mood, and your focus. At worst, it turns your whole life upside down. But no longer does that mean you have to break up with your favorite brew because my pals at Go Brewing are making all your favorite brews, minus the alcohol, fewer calories, and more productive tomorrows. It's not every day that I get the privilege to witness the inception of a company collaborating with our podcast, but that's exactly what happened with Go Brewing. I'm gonna tell you this story. A few years back, I spoke at this event in Illinois, fittingly named Go. And it turns out that that very day catalyzed Joe, the founder, to start his own NA beer company, Go Brewing. I had no idea about any of this until I bumped into Joe at Jesse Itzler's Running Man event the other month in Georgia. And he shared this story with me. I savored his fare in all its varieties and deeply moved by the mission and what he shared with me and just impressed with the insane taste and quality of his alcohol-free concoctions, I wanted to help share the discovery. Made with natural ingredients faithful to traditional beer styles, Go Brewing has an impressive lineup of delicious, small-batch, craft, alcohol-free brews, all without added sugar or artificial processing. My favorite is their double IPA, not just another story, but Basically, you just really can't go wrong because everything they make is brewed to perfection, worthy of trying yourself, which you can now do 
at gobrewing.com. That's gobrewing.com and use the code RICHROLL for 15% off your first purchase. All right, let me set the stage a little bit, provide a little foundational groundwork. David Carter. Well, David Carter is a guy who's been playing football his entire life, ever since he was five years old. First in Pop Warner, then at Kaiser High School in Fontana here in Southern California, before suiting up at UCLA. And then he was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in the sixth round in 2011. And since then, he's been a bit of a journeyman defensive linebacker, playing for the Dallas Cowboys, the Oakland Raiders, and most recently, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, this is a guy who, not surprisingly, grew up eating tons of meat, lots of barbecue, and believe the mythology that in order to become muscle, you must consume muscle and lots of it. But David is also a guy who has been plagued throughout his career by a variety of rather persistent chronic injuries, everything from tendonitis to inflammation, nerve damage, chronic muscle fatigue, pretty regular in the NFL, but nonetheless devastating ailments he simply could not overcome and left him sidelined despite all the rehab and medical resources of the NFL at his disposal. He realized that if he wanted to continue to play, something was going to have to change. And so he started to research the underlying causes of his issues. And influenced by his wife Paige and a series of documentaries, movies like Forks Over Knives, he started to realize that all the nutrition he was relying on to maximize his size and strength was actually killing him. So in February of 2014, he made a rather radical and, look, pretty controversial evolution to a 100% plant-based diet. Not surprisingly, criticism, of course, ensued. I mean, you can't maintain your weight and strength without meat. But David has remained steadfast and confident in his decision. So why is this? Well, it's because unexpected positive results came, and they came quickly. More energy, shorter recovery time increased stamina. You hear me talking about this stuff all the time. Every single one of those nagging, persistent injuries mysteriously corrected themselves and ultimately vanished altogether. His numbers in the weight room actually went up. I mean, this is a guy who can bench 470 and squat 660. To the amazement of his trainers, he started breaking new ground with his speed and his agility. And perhaps most important to David, no living thing had to die in order for him to thrive. Through football and his off-the-field advocacy for healthier lifestyles, animal rights, and the planet, David is now devoted to being an example of positive change in the world. In his words, being vegan is not only the most efficient way to be full-body strong, it's also the most humane. Everybody wins. But before we get into today's interview, I want to let you guys know that the National Academy of Sports Medicine is looking for people who want an exciting career in the fitness industry where you wake up every day doing something you love. NASM trainers are improving people's lives by helping them reach their health and fitness goals, and the demand for these trainers is huge, you guys. Imagine waking up every day excited to get to work, not to a job, but to a rewarding career. Get paid to stay in shape while helping others reach their fitness goals. You set your own hours, work in health clubs, sports clinics, and corporate wellness, and you'll love who you work with. Do what you truly enjoy and get paid for it. There is no better time than now to get started on your certification with the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Plus, NASM guarantees you'll land a job as a personal trainer within 60 days of earning your CPT certification or your money back guaranteed. Go to myusatrainer.com for a free 14-day free trial of their fast and fun online program. 
That's myusatrainer.com, myusatrainer.com. Restrictions apply. Visit myusatrainer.com for details. All right, you guys, let's dig in. This is a really special conversation with a truly special guy, a conversation that spans a typical day in the life of an NFL player, a peek into the typical NFL player diet, the specifics behind David's lifestyle shift, how he has weathered the criticism, what exactly he eats on a daily basis. I know everybody wants to know that. How yoga and meditation inform his game, his commitment to animal advocacy, plus a really interesting discussion about the social norms that govern our perspective on masculinity and how we can redefine them. So let's step into the world of the 300-pound vegan. You're going to have to have us back on because we're going to have a book, cookbook coming out and all that stuff. So. Oh, nice. Are you writing a book right now? We're getting ready to start writing a cookbook. And oh, all are you? Stuff. Yeah. Because we're, we're working with lighter and all that stuff. So we'll talk about it later. Yeah. We could talk about it now. No. I was just like, oh, don't want to use all the questions. Up. No, it's cool. We're already rolling, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We could edit it out if you want to. but no, uh, that's fine. Yeah, man. That's exciting. A cookbook, huh? Yeah, we're, uh, you know, a lot of people are asking a lot of questions like, you know, what are you eating? Uh, where, where can I get my protein from? How the hell are you getting 10,000 calories in a day? Or mm-hmm. I, I eat like, well, I eat like 300 plus grams of protein a day. They're like, how are you getting that on a vegan diet? Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense to put uh, yeah, a vegan cookbook out there. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but we just had a cookbook that just came out. Yeah. I'll give you guys a copy of it. Oh, awesome. leave. Don't let me forget. Yeah, because I was going to run out and get one. I, <laughs> I got one with your name on it. Thanks. Cool, man. Well, uh, thanks for uh, making the time to come on over here and do this. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on the show. It means a lot. Oh, cool. Well, I've been following uh, your journey from afar uh, for a while, and it's quite an inspiring story. It's a unique story, and I think it's, uh, it's an important story. I mean, there's a lot of similarities in our journey and, and you know, some distinct differences as well and i kind of want to get into all of it man but uh i think the best way to just kick it off is like let's just go back to the beginning dude like where does where does football start with you where'd you grow up like how did you kind of uh you know blaze this path into becoming a college football player and beyond into the nfl oh okay well uh you're taking it way back yeah it's way back (laughs) well let's set the stage all right well um well i have a brother and we both play football um so we started in high school. Well, we started in Pop Warner, like five. You grew, then, out, you grew up out here? Yeah, grew up in Los Angeles. Should have mm-hmm. said that. I'm a Los Angeles native. Grew up in uh, southern Los Angeles. Uh, my brother, I have a sister, and my two parents. And uh, so my brother and I started playing Pop Warner football at Crenshaw High School. It's a Pop Warner team. And mm-hmm. we were, you know, defensive linemen there. And then on to high school and, you know, the basics. Mm-hmm. College, I went to UCLA. Uh, Did you have a good high school football team? Yeah, we were to, we we won. We were pretty good. We went. Uh, we won the. It was a long time ago. Hard for me to remember. Uh, oh come on, man! What are you? Twenty six? Twenty seven? Twenty seven? You're literally half my age, almost. Yeah, I know, right? All right, come on, man. But uh, we were with uh, Kaiser High School. We had a pretty good football team. My mm-hmm. brother and I, we were known as the bookends. I played one leap, uh, the left defensive end, the strong side defensive end. My brother played the right side defensive end. And we went to win on a lot of games. We were like 10 and 12. Mm. So that's pretty good. We didn't win the championship, but that's pretty damn good, you know? Mm-hmm. And what's, what's he doing now? 
He's in the NFL, too. Oh, he is? Yeah. I didn't know that, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow, who's he play with? Uh, right now, he's a free agent, I think. So you he think? He, you know what your brother, you know what your brother just, plays for? <laughs> unless he just got signed. You know, so, but, unless he just got signed. But, uh, yeah, he's, he went on. He played with the Steelers for two years, with the Colts one year, with the Bengals another year. So we both actually got drafted at the same time. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, we were both the, playing, both defensive linemen. Yeah, he was a defensive end. I was a defense, uh, interior defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually got drafted on the same day. We we're the first brothers to get drafted on wow. the same day in the NFL. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So hold on. He's, wait, he's older or he's younger? He's younger than me. He's younger. But in college, so, you redshirt. I had a redshirt year because I wasn't big enough. I was like 250, 260 in college my freshman year. So... uh they were like, oh, yeah, you got a red shirt and a red shirt a year. And then, yeah. But he didn't have to red shirt because he was playing a smaller position, like an outside linebacker, right. defensive end position. Did he go to UCLA also? No, he went to Fresno State. Mm-hmm. So he, went, he did pretty well. That's know? pretty special, man. So, uh, I mean, are, are your parents still around? Yeah. Yeah. Still, uh, yeah. So that must have been a big moment for them, both their, both their sons getting drafted on the same day. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, they're pretty excited. Yeah, and there are a couple cool. people passed out in draft party like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> they both got drafted at the same time. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, all right, so, uh, so you're playing at UCLA. And, <clears throat> I mean, did you have a sense that, uh, you know, you were headed for the, for the big show? I mean, was that – I mean, obviously that's – you know your dream right I mean was yeah. it looking like it was gonna work out or how did how does that all play out uh you know I didn't I didn't know if I was gonna get drafted to the league but I did pretty well my senior year junior senior year and ended up going in the uh, fifth round mm-hmm. sixth round Six round. He's looking six at his round. wife. <laughs> she keeps the stats yeah sixth round <laughs> my brother went fifth round and uh-huh. I went sixth round and but um yeah and I ended up doing well after uh, college, I you know played defensive end and interior tackle. When I got to the league, I got drafted sixth round. They were like, "Oh, he's not," mm-hmm. you know, sixth round draft. They didn't think I was gonna last too long, but I ended up starting my uh, my rookie year. Oh, you did at the Cardinals at the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. at nose tackle, and I was undersized. Most defensive uh, nose tackles are like three hundred and forty pounds, and I was three hundred right. starting at the. In, in what do you what do you attribute that to? I mean, did you have some kind of extra speed or agility? Or? Yeah, I was quick. I'm yeah. I'm very quick for my size. I wasn't vegan then. At the, yeah, but, I know. We're gonna get into that. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, very quick for my size, and I did and, and very strong, and I, I did very well. And made a lot of plays, a lot of stats. Uh huh. So yeah, my first sack was uh, was Manning and, and the Giants. Wow. And so yeah, it was pretty good. How many games in was that? I don't remember what game that was. Paige, Paige might know. Paige, do you remember? <laughs> How long have you guys been together? Oh, wow. Since before, it's like sophomore year of college. Oh, nice. Yeah. College sweethearts. Yeah. So like it's it, been man. a long time. Yeah, and you've been kind of a, a journeyman in the NFL. I mean, you played for a bunch of teams. You played for the Cardinals and then the Cowboys and then the Raiders and then the Jaguars, right? So you have yeah. a pretty good sense for how the NFL functions, for how these various teams operate and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of... Um, you know, what the NFL is all about. And I'm interested as somebody who, you know, you know, I watch football. I don't watch a ton of football, but, you know, I just see it on television. I don't know that many guys that, that play in the NFL. Uh, and I think it would be, you know, I'd love to know a little bit about, you know, what, what a real, like, day in the life of an NFL player is. Because I think we have this um, perhaps, uh, you know, kind of hyper uh, – 
perhaps exaggerated sense of like how sexy it is. And it's just sort of like all fly and you're all up in the club and throwing money around and everybody's <laughs> living in a huge mansion driving a Ferrari. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's like sort of a conventional idea of the typical football player. I mean, but what is it really like? Well, it is, you're right. It is kind of sexy, but, uh, it is, it's hard work at the same time. You know, you're, you're you're working all day, working out all day. Like you sit, a lot of people sit behind the desk all day and work. You're working out all day every day. You wake up at, you know, your workout started like five o'clock in the morning, and then you have like four hours of meetings and watching mm-hmm. film and studying your opponent and learning plays. And the playbooks are the playbooks are thicker than like calculus textbooks and they're huge and you have to remember all those plays otherwise you're not playing and so it's very uh, it's it is a lot of hard work and then not to mention the the beating that you're taking all day when you're working when you're working out I'm talking about working out I'm talking about practices and practices are practices are hard they're tedious and there's a lot of stress on the body you're going up say for example in my position the defensive line you're going up against two other guys that are your size or bigger. And, uh, you know, you're doing that all day, every day. And then after that, you have to rehab. And mm-hmm. you know how that goes. Mm-hmm. After, after, so you're, you're trying to, you know, reset bones that have been, like, knocked out of place. You have to go to the chiropractor or you have to stretch out muscles that have been sprained or they're bruised. And you got, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think you said in one of your posts or somewhere on your website that, Every day of practice is like being in a 60-mile-an-hour car crash. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's definitely true, and you feel it. You feel it in your joints and all that stuff. A lot of guys end up having, like, tendonitis and all that just from the constant banging. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, you're never—it's it's never like you wake up and feel good, right? There's always something yeah. that's off or a pain or a little niggle or an injury yeah. at, the, at the very minimum, right? At the very minimum. A lot of guys get really good at uh, kind of just, like— phasing like tuning it out of their mind like uh it's not pain it's you know what's what's really pain are you bleeding right can you walk and you're not hurt right right, <laughs> right. you just sore but really you have a slip disc or something right. like that and uh it, and i would imagine along with that you know there's all the pressure of like trying to hold on to your job right like so you're not gonna necessarily be forthright about something that's bugging you i mean you don't want to create the perception that yeah. you know you're injured no, definitely not. Because the team will use that against you, if you're if you're injured or something like that. Uh, like for example, this is a perfect example. Um, team doctors, you know, you you go to a doctor to get help, you know, and have them look at you and tell you, you know what's wrong and how to fix it. But the doctors don't work for you. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no like privilege, right? They go right to the coach. Yeah, the doctors yeah. work for the team. So if you tell them, you know, if something's wrong with you, they're not going to help you. Be like, all right, man, don't worry about it. He'll get back out. You're going to you're going to be good. Like, no, they're going to tell the coaches. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, if it's like, something, oh, he's on, he's on the out. Yeah, get him out of there. Mm-hmm. And and that's how that works. So yeah, you know, like you gotta you gotta. It's a it's very political. It's a game. It's a chess game, and you have to know how to play it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What are some of the political mistakes that maybe you made early on that you learned from mm. in kind of navigating, you know, how the teams function and how you relate to the coach? Mm. Political mistakes. I don't know about political mistakes, but or just maybe things you witnessed or observed oh. along the way. Political mistakes. This or not mistakes. Political things. Uh, for example, uh, guys who get the big contracts. They can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I've seen a guy 
uh, like, I don't know, I don't know, guy spitting another guy's face or something like that, or try to knock another guy who's who's got so much money, you know, the guy who's got all the money, try to knock another guy off of the off, of, you know, hurt him. Mm-hmm. The coach sees it; they can't, they don't do anything about it because. You know the guys are too invested in that guy. Yeah, too invested in that guy. So, and and that's you know it's an investment. That's their they pay that guy a hundred million dollars. They're not going to get rid of him. They're going to get rid of the guy who is you know who's trying to come up and take that guy's job. They'll trade him. That's another thing. If someone's doing really well, they pay the guy a hundred million dollars. They're not going to get rid of the guy who's got a hundred million dollars. They're going to get rid of that guy, Mm -hmm. the guy who's up and coming. Right. And after playing under, you know, a variety of different NFL coaches, what would you, how would you characterize, you know, the better coaches? Like, what is it that the better coaches are doing that the other coaches aren't? Like, how would you qualify, you know, a great coach from an average coach? A great coach allows uh, the players to to play, you know, if someone, the best person is going to play. Yeah, on any team, you're going to have that where, you know, the guy who's got the $100 million contract is going to play. But the good coaches find a place for someone to play. And they 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 keep it simple for the players to, to do what they got to do. Because when you're out there flying around at 100 miles an hour, you know, you're not trying to think. You're just trying to act and you're trying to make moves to make things happen. And uh, the coaches realize what's going on. They understand the dynamic of the team. They know how to... Uh, that's one that's a really important thing. They know how to to keep a team, a team. You know, it starts you have to make it like a family first, a friendship. Mm-hmm. A lot of coaches like to make it so competitive that there's so much tension in the locker room and on the field uh trying to compete for positions that, you know, guys are just stressed out and you can't you can't yeah. operate under, under those conditions. It undermines the bigger goal, which is the team winning, right? Definitely. Yeah, I had uh, <clears throat> this guy, Michael Gervais, on the podcast. He's a sports psychologist who works with Pete Carroll and the, and the Seahawks. And mm-hmm. he was talking about, like, Pete brought him on to help create, you know, a positive team-oriented environment and also to instill practices of mindfulness and visualization and meditation, which I know mm-hmm. are things that, that you practice and are into, um, but maybe are, uh, you know, slightly off kilter for the average football player. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting talking to him because he, he, you know, he talked about how, you know, basically his goal was to create an environment where each player could could bring out the best in them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's about overcoming that kind of inherent competitiveness where everybody's worried about their job to create kind of, you know, a unity around the larger goal. Exactly. And you know, they've been really successful with that, right? Yeah, so like games. take that recipe and like repeat that, you yeah. know? I like I like Pete, man. He like you said, he's he's very. You're not supposed cutting. to say that as a UCLA guy. I know, man, but <laughs> I know I get. I just I thought about that before I said Don't it. Worry, no one's listening. I had to say it, but he, hey, he won. He wins games, and like you said, he's an SC coach, old SC coach. Mm-hmm. He beat us when I was, when I was at UCLA, mm-hmm. but he wins games, and every single player that I've met that I know that's played under him, they love that guy, and uh, you know he. He makes it. He sets an environment where it's where people can want to come to work every day, and they want to come work out, and, and they want to play their hardest and put their neck on the line for him. And uh, you know that's how you win games. And you don't have to create like a super competitive environment because guys already know that their jobs are on the line, and they know that they're trying to beat the next man. Mm-hmm. So you know that that's why I respect the way he's the way he coaches and what he's doing. And then I, you know. I love it, man. I shoot. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a zero-sum game, right? Like, if your approach as a player is to say, 
I'm going to play my heart out, but I'm also going to do my best to bring out the best in the guy standing right next to me or, mm-hmm. you know, my teammate who's, you know, right to my left or my right. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody wins. Yeah. But, you know, the human psyche doesn't always operate that way. Yeah. You know, it should. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And how did you, you know, kind of handle the mental aspects of, of having, you know, of kind of bouncing around from a bunch of different teams and having to relocate and all of that. Like, how did that go for you? It's stressful, but you know, that's like, again, that's part of the game. That's a job, right? Yeah. So you just got to kind of roll with the punches and, and prepare and, and be just, you know, as prepared as you possibly can. Um, you know, we don't buy a home anywhere. We just rent and, you know, now we're setting up a home where we are now, but mm-hmm. you know, you just got to kind of just stay on your toes and be ready to move. But you know, that's how the game goes. Right, right, right. Yeah. So walk me through the uh, the typical diet pre-vegan <laughs> as an NFL player. Oh man! All right. I know you love you love your barbecue, and that's what you grew up on. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, I grew up at a barbecue restaurant. My family owned. Oh wow! Yeah. So and we had a farm, and we were in a farm. Yeah, my grandpa would go out there and wring the chicken's neck, and then we would eat it for breakfast. Wow, where's the farm? It was in Oklahoma, and we would drive out every summer and go out there and and spend the summer in Oklahoma, and yeah, it was it was crazy. Total one eighty from uh-huh. from when I am now, but the the pregame diet, it was just kind of just basically I didn't know anything about nutrition before being vegan, but mm-hmm. it was just basically eat whatever, man. If people were I was eating ice cream. Most people do that. That's actually, as a matter of fact, the night before the game, we stay in a hotel. The team serves hot wings and spaghetti, oily meat sauce, and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and all kind of crap. And, and like I said, like ice cream shakes, that's the worst thing you can have before a game, like, right? <laughs> like, would you ever drink that before a mar- the night before no. a marathon? Like, uh-uh. no. But, you know, that's, that's the pregame. And then uh, the day before, I mean, the day of, it's, you know, pasta and super dry steak. And it's been like that on every team. Mm-hmm. Pasta and super dry steak, like you, like, it's so hard to cut. <laughs> but right. And like A1 steak sauce. And then you go out there and you play, you play your game. But mm-hmm. And then during the week when you're just training, similar, <laughs> like a, ver- a version of that? Yeah, during the week, like, uh, for example, when I was on the Cardinals, I forget the name of the restaurant they had catering in, but it was, or we would get like Papados. They, they would have catering. Papados mm-hmm. is all like uh, fried shrimp and fried uh, alligator and fried fried everything. Everything's fried. There's, there's team nutritionists, right? Yeah, but. They're bringing in fried food. I mean, I, it doesn't matter if you're like whatever diet you're on, everybody pretty much agrees that a bunch of fried food is no good. You guys are professional athletes. Yeah. And then there's some teams that, you know, the nutritionist actually, you know, the nutritionist does what they're, spo- what they're supposed to do. And the nutritionist bring in like a lot of fruits and veggies, but then they bring in like yogurt and all that stuff. And, you know, being a vegan, I'm against all that. But, you know, people think that that's what you're supposed to have and that's mm-hmm. good for you and all that. And that's, it's really bad for you. And it's, you know, hurting you it's amazing that at that level you know of professional sports that that's kind of how it functions you know i just was at uh a couple months ago i went and spoke at the olympic training center i spent a couple days there and in the cafeteria at the olympic training center in colorado springs where you know all the top athletes and all these olympic sports come and train the cafeteria it's just you know unlimited soda unlimited soft serve ice yeah. cream like all this junk food and i was like what is going on like if anything like this should be the place where at least there's an opportunity where you have these athletes that are you know kind of 
you know, cloistered in this place for a short period of time, you could educate them. And, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, you and I are plant-based, but at least, you know, get rid of the soda and the crappy, you know, processed food. Yeah, but you know what? When it comes down to it, where's their money coming from? Yeah. You know, well, Coke is like, McDonald's is the number one sponsor of the Olympics, right? Right. So. Right. And McDonald's is also <laughs> in hospitals and they're like, where are they, they're paying hospitals too. And McDonald's. All right, let's not get into that. <laughs> we can get into that. Man. I know. I talk about that stuff all the time. But yeah, yeah you and I know what's up with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so uh, so the latest team that you're on uh, is the Jaguars, right? And, right. and so when, when was it? That was like that was last and a half year. ago? Yeah. yeah, that was last year. And then it ended, man, with a running back hit me in the knee, psh, popped my knee really bad, uh, torn MCL. And then I rehab on that, but I healed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So, but right now, but you know, that's got me in spot right now. I'm a free agent, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm just waiting for camp to start, and then I'm going to get on the team during camp and, so, uh, for the Jaguars. Well, for whatever team you calls, go, I see. Because that's All how right. it goes. Like so you're just waiting for you waiting for your agent to call you. Yeah, basically. But, yeah, but I did really well when I uh, when I was with the Jags. So I put up some good numbers and show some good film and all that stuff. So. You know, it's looking it's looking really good right now. So. Yeah, I want to get into that in a little bit more detail because there's kind of an interesting story there that relates to, um, you know, this lifestyle shift that, that you oh, have embraced. So, uh, you know, where does that begin? I know Paige is a longtime vegan, mm-hmm. veg- vegetarian, vegan, Paige? What's vegetarian, that? vegetarian and then shift to vegan. Uh-huh. So, so, Paige, were you vegetarian in college? You were? Yeah, uh, first year she was a meat eater and she read a uh, skinny the book's title is called skinny bitch yeah skinny bitch right uh, it's a good book <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, i know the book yeah, yeah rory friedman yeah and that was that kind of kick-started everything and everything mm-hmm. so yeah and but but you know this is i mean you're playing ball like yeah. that's that's cool for her but like that's not going to be your trip yeah, man. I was like, man, you can forget that. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. You want me to throw this You, don't, you cannot afford to be a skinny bitch. Right. I can't be a That's no the opposite bitch. of what you're trying to do. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. Huh? Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, man. So um, she went vegan. Like I said, I was like, okay, good job. You know, you can do that by yourself. I'm going to still keep eating this meat and keep eating chicken. I was eating like four pieces of chicken in one setting and, you know, huge 84 ounce steaks and all that stuff we would go out to eat mm-hmm. but uh and in college you were pushing what like 260 260 no that's my freshman year freshman college. year uh-huh. at the senior, senior, senior year of college i was like 305 okay right. so but uh yeah man i was just eating eating whatever right. <laughs> but uh and and you just carry that into the nfl and that's just, how you're playing and then and then something happens and then uh so got Released from the from Arizona, and then I was at the Cowboys, and I got released from there. I was I kept losing weight, and I was hurting. I had injuries; they were just piling up. I had. Well, why do you think you were losing weight? I don't know, man. I, I was like, I got, I was like two eighty five, two ninety, and I couldn't get my weight back up. But I was, I was injured. I had shoulder pain because an old injury was coming back from college, or I had dislocated my right shoulder. And then it was just kept kept getting worse, and it was at the Cardinals too. It started hurting then. That's when it started hurting. I had nerve damage in my right arm. I couldn't feel my index finger, middle finger, and ring finger, and part of my thumb on my mm-hmm. right hand. I couldn't like ball a fist. They had me on this huge brace, and it would come basically from my elbow all the way down to like the knuckles of my right hand. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, like when I would try to hit someone, I couldn't really, I had no power in it. It was just like a limp and I was just playing, but I was still playing and I was still doing well. But like well, I when said, you can't like, exert yourself, then you're not able to work out to mm-hmm. your potential, right? So yeah. I would imagine that had something to do with losing some of the muscle mass. Yeah, definitely. But uh, and then I uh, got released and from the. I finished the year out, and I it was it started. You know, after I left it alone, it started healing up and everything. But then uh, going, I went to the Cowboys, and I was playing there. And I got released from the Cowboys because I was still my weight. I couldn't get it back up again. Mm-hmm. I was stuck at two eighty five. 290 and then I went to uh that's after I got released from the Cowboys I went to uh Raiders. And we were wa- no, I'm not, no I'm not there yet I'm not there yet all right man. we were watching we were in Dallas we were in our apartment and we were watching we were watching we were binge watching Netflix all the vegan uh documentaries on Netflix <laughs> what a night right right <laughs> so we were watching I, I I take it this is Paige's idea no no it well it was mine. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little nerd, right? I'm a nerd on the inside. But what motivated you to even want to watch those documentaries well, to yeah, begin Paige, with? Yeah, Paige. Okay. <laughs> but we were watching, uh, we were watching um, Forks Over Knives, one of the many that we watched. And um, uh, the doc was on there, and he was talking about how uh, at the time I was suffering. Let me go back. At the time I was suffering from tendonitis. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And uh, I would soak in the bathtub. And I would try to lift myself up out of the bathtub, and it felt like somebody at, would take a bat to my elbows. And I just, I would like almost collapse. Mm-hmm. And the pain was so intense and so sharp. And it was tendonitis. And were you getting like injections for that and on like a battery of meds or? Yeah. I had, they were giving me, not injections, but they were giving me Celebrex or Naprosyn or something like that. They were like, it's just tendonitis. It, you know, mm-hmm. it's nothing, you know, the only way you can, you can get rid of that is Celebrex. And, Celebrex, man, that stuff's so bad for you. Like, I hope I don't get sued for saying that, but that stuff's so bad for you, causes heart problems and all that kind of crap. But um, anyways, and, and, and it wasn't arth- doing anything. And arthritis, too, And right? arthritis. arthritis. Yeah, arthritis, high blood pressure, probably from the medication and what I was eating. But, you know, that stuff, man, it's so At bad. At age, like, 25. Or, yes, you know. that's the most scary part, right? And I'm like, why, why the hell do I have high blood pressure, tendonitis, and arthritis, or, like, I feel like arthritis coming on. I'm 25 years old. Like, I've lived, like, hopefully a quarter of my life, right. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, man, I'm getting out of the bathtub, and it's, like, so much pain, and elbows hurting, tendonitis really bad. We're watching the documentary, Forks Over Knives, and the doc goes on, and he goes, uh, the, the cause of inflammation and tendonitis, people, all these people are suffering from tendonitis, is milk. And <laughs> like milk and, and meat and dairy is causing all this. It causes inflammation, inflammation. in the joints. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wow, is it really that simple? Like, am I, is that the reason why? I was like, I need to lay off the meat. We kept watching the documentaries. Like, uh, cow, not Cowspiracy wasn't out yet. Um, Frankensteer. Mm-hmm. And where the meat was coming from. And we were seeing, I was seeing how they spray all the cattle with uh, pesticides and they and 80% uh, to keep the flies off of them and, and you know all that crap that's in the pesticides and 80% of antibiotics that are supposed to go to humans go to animals mm-hmm. like all the ones that FDA or whoever didn't clear they go to the animals and they feed them because they're walking around their own shit and so you know and they eat their own shit and they, they cannibalize the cows and feed them cow blood from the other cows that died and the other cows that, that died died of just natural or not natural sickness but sickness they feed them those cows so i was like man 
it makes sense why I'm not at, you know, the top of my game right now, why, mm-hmm. why my tendonitis is coming on like it is, or, you know. So after that, you know, I went vegan and literally like. That's amazing, though, because I would think that at that moment you're also thinking, yeah, but I can't do, I'm, I'm in the NFL, man. Yeah. I can't, like, I hear that, but, like, if I go vegan, I'm going to lose all my muscle. Like, how am I going to ever stay strong? How am I going to keep the weight? You're having trouble keeping the weight on as it was. As, as it, was. it was. I was like, well, first of all, so I was that's like. That's a pretty terrifying prospect or pretty ballsy. Yeah, it, it was. I was scared. I was scared. I was really scared. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? I was like, man, forget it. You know, like, it, it's at the, right now it's like this. It's like if I, I can go vegan or I can just suffer and, like, have tendonitis and probably die at like the average death of a football player is 56 years old. Mm-hmm. And most people don't know that. And that's yeah. from eating all that crap and taking is that heart disease. I mean, mostly heart, heart disease, disease right? heart disease and stroke. A lot of guys stroke. And so I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'd rather have quality of life than, you know, than keep playing and then hopefully keep playing. And then, you know, right. Just be all in bad shape. Yeah, you so, better be careful who you who you mention that to though, because they're gonna think actually you got you have like a TBI, like a traumatic brain injury. Oh, <laughs> no. Considering going vegan, no yeah. man, that's something's that's, wrong with this guy's head. I got big balls. That's what yeah, that is. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, uh, so I did a lot of research and I, I looked up a couple of uh, bodybuilders or vegan bodybuilders. I was mm-hmm. like, that's the best place to start. And I saw that the strongest man in the world, or one of the strongest men in the world, is a vegan guy out of Germany. Yeah, Patrick. Patrick Babumian. Yeah. He's a friend of mine. This guy's awesome. Have you met him yet? No, I want oh, to. you got to meet him. He's I the best. Want to. Yeah. I want to fly out to Germany and see him, <laughs> get some tips from him. I was on stage with him in Toronto at the VegFest a couple of years ago when he did that world record setting lift, 1,200 pounds for yeah. 10 meters. I saw that. I made a little video of it. Yeah. He's super cool. Yeah. The human wolverine. Yeah, he looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he was one of the guys I saw, and I was like, man, all right, well, he's not 300 pounds. He's like two, he was like 265 at the yeah, time. Yeah, but he's half, your, he's half your height. Yeah. But, and I was like, shit, if he's the strongest man, one of the strongest men in the world, I can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can do it. So I did more research, and then I was like, because at the time I was like, man, well, where am I going to get my protein from? I need protein. I was one of those guys. And then I was like, well, well... That just means you're pretty much everybody. Basically, yeah. <laughs> but, right. uh, you know, as I started doing the research and I went on to uh, Plant Built. There's a, mm-hmm. a bunch of pl- uh, bodybuilders, a plant-based bodybuilders, and they were cool guys. And I look, I reached out to Guacamo mm-hmm. and his and his uh, wife, and they helped me out. They sent me like a... Marchese. Yeah. Guacamo, Marchese. Marchese. Yeah. I can't like ever say his name yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but... Um, but they sent me, they, they helped me out and they, they sent me some, uh, some tips and kind of took it from there. They sent me like a, uh, yeah, tips and I took it from there and, uh, I started doing more research and learned all the plant-based proteins and there were the highest forms of protein and where I can get them. And then I just started from there and kind of, you know, turned into a, like a plant-based scientist and started testing out some of how I can gain weight and where, you know, where I can get the most energy from all the plant-based foods and all that stuff. All right, and so in the timeline, this is in the off season. Yeah, this when you're is playing for the when you're playing for the Raiders. No, this oh, is no, when Cowboys. I was, this is when I was. Yeah, this is when I, this is when I got released from the Cowboys. Okay. In the off season, and then so I meet this. I have this trainer while I'm in Dallas. I'm training for the next season, and he's a uh, he's not vegan at all. 
a Hispanic guy named Moses Castro out of, out of Dallas, Texas. And a uh, great trainer. No, he wasn't vegan. And I told him, I was like, hey, man, I'm going vegan. He said, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing, bro? You're going you're gonna to lose all of your weight. You're going to not mm-hmm. be strong anymore. Where are you going to get your protein from? And I was like, man, just go with me on this one. And we're going to see what happens, right? So we did it. I went vegan. And then I, I ended up losing weight, but I was getting stronger. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, my arms started healing up. My uh, tendonitis just started disappearing overnight. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can, I was able to, like, do all kind of push-ups, and I was doing hundreds of push-ups. My bench press went up to, from, like, I was able, before I was, when I was hurting the tendonitis, I can only bench press, like, 315 Mm -hmm. for, like, four or five, which is not a lot for me. Right. But when I went vegan, I lost weight, but my bench press went up. I lost 40 pounds in my weight, and my bench press went up to, like, 425, and then it wow. went up to 435 and 465 eventually. Wow. So Yeah, so initially you you went down to about, you probably went down to about 260, 255. Yeah. Back down to Did my, you have a little moment of, like, oh, panic? Shit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I freaked out a little bit. But then I started, uh, had to get back in the books and do some more research and try to figure mm-hmm. out how to... I had to boost my calories. I talked to Guacamo again. I had to boost my calories, and I had to do 10,000 calories a day. Never in my life ever had to eat 10,000 calories a day, mm-hmm. and not on a vegan diet. That's the hardest thing in the world That's to do. a lot more food. Yeah. But, um, and your trainer, when you lost all that weight, was he trying to talk you out of it? No. he was. I told him, I said, look, man, I'm doing it. I'm feeling a lot healthier. He was seeing the... Um, and he wasn't trying to change my mind because he was seeing the improvements. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, he went vegan. Oh, wow. Yeah, he went vegan. He was like, he came back one day. He was like, I see all the improvements that you're making. And I'm decided I'm going vegan now. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And he's uh, now he's running like crazy. He's doing marathons and stuff. He's doing very well for himself. That's cool. So, All right. So, so you drop the weight and it's sort of like you got to strip it all down and build it back up again. Mm-hmm. Right. And as you're starting to slowly put weight back on the bench press numbers are going up, the squat numbers are going up, the tendonitis is going away. The arthritis is going away. Mm-hmm. How about the nerve damage in the arm? Nerve damage gone. The grip in my hands is, is doing really, it's gone. Like I was able to, uh, do more than I've ever done before. I was stronger. I felt like a Superman. I was stronger than I've ever been. Even when mm-hmm. I was, you know, my healthiest in college. So it is perfect, man. It just went away. I, the only thing I could say was vegan diet. I know I sound like a vegan spokesman. I kind of yeah. am. Well, you really. are. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> well, what's interesting about that is that a lot of people say, especially with, um, you know, strong men and bodybuilders and, you know, kind of power lifter type guys that, that go plant-based, people will say, yeah, well, he, you know, he was already big, you know, so mm-hmm. he's just using the strength that he already, he already had all that mass. He put all that mass on, mm-hmm. you know, when he was eating the way he was eating before. So it doesn't really count. Yeah. But with you losing the weight and then bringing it back up again, injury free. Yeah. That's, that's a different story. And a lot sexier than I was before. Yeah. You know, way sexier. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, just Paige, he's sexier now? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. But yeah. It is awesome, man. Like way less body fat. I'm way more, a lot quicker than I was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know. Right, so you put the weight back on, but the lower body fat. So it's actually, you actually, you probably added more muscle mass than you had before. Definitely. I I kind of have a six-pack now. Mm -hmm. I have a six, well, for 310 pounds, I'm looking really good. I'm 310 (laughs) right now. All right, well, we'll get a picture of that. (laughs) Put it on the website. For sure. For everybody to say. So, right on. So, so meanwhile, you're you're waiting for the phone to ring, right? Yeah, and then uh, the Raiders call. And I go, I end up going to the Raiders. We train for that. I end up going for the Raiders. Got my weight up to like um, 290. Wasn't exactly 300, but I got my weight up to 290. And um, um, and hold on a second. So what's the average weight of like a defensive lineman or somebody in your position? I mean, is it is three, 300 three is like, yeah, so that's kind of like the bottom threshold? Yeah, that's like the kind of like the cutoff point. You're going mm-hmm. to try for a team. You need, for you to play in D-line, you need to be three plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so unless you're playing like, defensive end where they're like smaller right right yeah so but um but i signed with the raiders and then um you know i went over there running uh, i was like it was impressive i was running with the defense with the defensive backs and the wide receivers and it was like they would be tired and i'm like are y'all tired i'm right i'm just gonna go work out some more uh-huh. <laughs> like i had mad energy just from uh you know eat, i was eating good and doing my vegan supplements and, and all that stuff and never got tired. Right. And yeah, I think I read you were like throwing down seven minute miles. Yeah. Seven minute miles at 290. Right. Yeah. It was impressive. It's, it's very impressive actually, but yeah. And so are you, and you're open about the way that you're eating, right? So what are the other players saying? What's the coach saying? What's the, what are the team trainers saying? Yeah. Well, you know, the team trainers, like, they were like, you know, where are you getting your protein from? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I laughed. I didn't mean to laugh, but I laughed. <laughs> like, you can get protein anywhere, man. It's all in the this, that, and the other. You know, showing them like it's in the peas. There's more protein in a handful of peas than there is in a full in a steak, in an eight ounce steak. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay. And they started seeing me lifting the weights and lifting with the lifting with the big guys and lifting, you know, with the heaviest guys and running with the smallest guys and. They were, they were over there timing me. They're like, I caught them timing me one time. They were like, and then I would go back around and run another lap because we were running laps. And then they were like, and he's, how heavy is he? And, then, <laughs> and uh-huh. I'm running with the big, with the smaller guys. And at the end of the run, the the smaller DBs would be, you know, bending down and like <sighs> gasping mm-hmm. for air. And I would go and just, you know, jog and then go stretch out real quick and then go lift weights again. So... It, it was, and that was I, that was my first time being vegan, coming back into coming back into the, and being on the team. So it was really good to. That was a great feeling to have, and right. to to uh, you know. And, uh, and so, are they just scratching their heads, going, "How's this possible?" Or are they thinking, "Oh, you must be doing something else. It can't be the it's it a first diet, or you yeah, because yeah. it's so different than anything they've ever been exposed to it must be must have been confusing for them it's a little scary for them because you know it challenges their way of life their whole way of life because you know every every dude's like i'm eating i'm a meat eater you know being a being a football player you you know that's the big manly macho thing is you know eat eat steak eat red meat Mm -hmm. protein shake but i'm doing it a totally different way where you know i'm doing it on plant-based you know all that stuff and it it challenges everything you know like it's to the point where football teams are sponsored by like muscle milk and Mm -hmm. and hot wing companies and mcdonald's and all that stuff so yeah it it is a 
it's a challenge. It's a, it challenges their way of life, and it and it, they're baffled by it because it's something they've never seen before. Right. So, but but in this case, you're strong. You're injury free. You're killing it in training camp. Everyone's taking notice. Like, where does this? How does this play out for you? I mean, what? Where does this go? So, like you said, everything's going good. But um, you know, I just feel like the team didn't take so kindly to it because you know, me being vegan, like I said, it's different and it's. You know, a lot of a lot of people aren't used to that. Say a week later, this next Monday, I was I was gone. The team cut me. Mm. So, you know, it's just it's a new thing for you know being in my position, being three hundred pounds and and totally obliterating idea that you can't be big and strong and not and not eat meat. It's it's different for teams, and yeah. a lot of guys were trying to were, were looking into going vegan because they weren't feeling too healthy. They weren't feeling they were the big guys. They weren't feeling their, you know, had back problems and stuff. And I don't think they wanted that influence on the team. You know, the you know, you can, you should probably stop eating so much meat. You should, you know, the influence that uh, that resolved your arthritis and your tendonitis. That, yeah, man. that wouldn't be good. No, 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 getting healthy. Listen, man, there. you know, that's the kind of unfortunate price that somebody in your position who's trying to break a paradigm has to face in order to, you know, kind of break the chain and open the door for, you know, the next wave of people to come through. Somebody's got to be first, yeah. you know, and yeah. sometimes the guy who's first, you know, becomes the casualty. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's fun being the, it's fun being the underdog and it's fun. It's interesting being the guy who does it first, like you said, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a couple guys in the NFL now, I think. Right? Well, yeah, there's Griff uh, Whalen. Yeah, he's he's a cool yeah, guy. Stanford. He's, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, him, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, that's right. Is he still is he still vegan? I, I don't sure. think he's vegan anymore. Yeah. I think he's uh, he's back on chicken and other stuff. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But he he did vegan for a while, and you know that's big time to show that you can do it vegan. He was a tight end, a smaller guy, but he still did it, man. And he, mm-hmm. you know, shit. One of the greatest. Yeah. And Arian Foster for a while, but I think he's not on it anymore. Yeah, he's not on it anymore. But he still did very well while he was on it, too. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude, though. Yeah, he's cool. All right, so you get cut, and it's uh, back to the drawing board. I mean, how do you pick pick up the pieces from that? Well, I just concentrated on my diet because, you know, it was still in the beginning stages of me, not diet, lifestyle. It was still in the beginning stages of me being vegan, so I was still experimenting on you know, how to get the best fuel, you know how that goes, what mm-hmm. to eat, uh, how am I going to gain all this weight, how the hell am I going to get to 10,000 calories, 300 grams of protein a day, 300 plus grams of protein a day, so that was a constant, that was a constant, ta- a, ta- a constant task mm-hmm. in itself, so um, I did that, and I continued training, and I started working with my coach, John Blake, he's a coach out of Dallas, he coached a lot of Hall of Famers, and the defensive line position, and um, uh, we created videotapes and out to all the teams, and ended up getting signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, you know, I did very well over there. Uh, put up some good stats in the preseason. I was there. Uh, put up some good stats, and then uh, this was last. Year. This is last season. This past season, and um, you know, uh, it's doing very well. Team loved me. Coaches loved me. They were like, oh, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, the, and they know about the vegan thing. They know about it. They, they were are, fine with they it. They were cool with it. They were totally mm-hmm. cool with it. See, some teams are different. Some teams are totally cool with it. Like, it's not a big deal. As a matter of fact, we had another player on the team who was vegan at that time. 
and Ramsey's Barton. He's a, a wide receiver guy. And um, but anyway, so that they, must have been nice to have somebody else that you could kind of bounce ideas off of. And yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And I was kind of we were sharing tips back and forth and all that stuff. But um, yeah, totally fine with it. And and I had a lot of you know, like I said, a lot of good stats, a lot of good plays. Um, one of the um, scouts came up to me and was like, "Man, you're doing so well right now." A lot of the teams are talking about you. There's lots of but there's a lot of buzz around the mm-hmm. league about you right now. So I was, you know, I was doing really good. I felt really good about what's going on. And um, then right the last preseason game, I was running, uh, scaling across the line, trying to make a tackle on the other side of the line scrimmage. I mean, on the other side of the line. And running back was about to cross the, the goal line. And I was, I had my body turned a little bit the wrong way. And running back went right into my knee. And I... Uh, I uh, tore my ACL. Mm-hmm. I was out for for like three months with that right there. Oh, that was man. pretty much the whole season. That's it, right? Yeah. So I was done for the done for the year off of that. But you know, and I got an, I healed up pretty quickly. I healed up faster than they thought I would. But by then, the season's full swing. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. So you have yet to have the opportunity to really show what you're capable of. Yeah, but. That's got to be sort of exciting, but also frustrating. Yeah, it's very exciting, but it is very frustrating. But I take it this way, you know, um, I have my ups and downs already. You know, like I've not already. I'm sure I'll have more, but I've done a lot of experimenting, and I feel very comfortable with where I'm at right now as far as strength goes, as far as agility goes, and health, everything goes. Um, you know, um, I figured. I feel like I figured it out how to how to how to be the 300 pound vegan the whole time, like 300 pounds mm-hmm. plus all the time. Like I said, right now I'm 310. Before I was struggling to yeah. keep my weight. Is it the was, heaviest you've been? Yeah, that's the heaviest I've been uh-huh. nice. ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's hard to gain the weight at, as, a, as a vegan. And that was the, really the major part of the struggle. How am I going to get this mass? Mm-hmm. How am I going to get this strength up? Um, well, not really the strength that kind of just came with it but um the size was the hard part we're brought to you today by birch if you're serious about optimizing your sleep listen up i've spent countless hours researching and testing various methods to improve my nightly shut-eye and i can confidently say that it all starts with a good foundation and if your bed is old it's uncomfortable, lumpy, then your sleep inevitably is going to be impacted. So it's important to invest in a quality mattress, one that's insanely comfortable, that's organic, sustainably made. And that, my friends, is a birch mattress. Fairtrade and Rainforest Alliance certified with the finest quality organic natural materials like organic Fairtrade cotton. Birch mattresses are made with none of the toxic chemicals and off-gassing produced by most major brands kind of important not to be breathing that for a third of your life, I'd say. Plus, it's super luxurious. I've been sleeping on Birch for about five years, and I'd say it's the perfect ratio of soft to supportive, and the craftsmanship is just next level. I've got one in every room of my house. I love it. Pretty sure you will too. And right now, Birch is giving 20% off all mattresses and two free EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com slash richroll. That's 20% off and two free EcoRest pillows. Sleep better with Birch. 
We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple, search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. What is the meaning of life? What happens when we die? What is our purpose here? If like me, you ponder these delicious existential questions, I have got just the thing for you. It's called Soul Boom. It's a podcast hosted by everyone's favorite best friend and my friend, the deep thinking and deeply hilarious Rain Wilson, where he communes with intellectuals and entertainers, theologians and philosophers in intimate exchanges that tickle the mind, heart, and yes, the soul. Subscribe to Soul Boom on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. Right, so let's talk about that. Uh, you know, sort of training aspects aside, what's the typical day in the life of food for you? Like breakfast, lunch, snacks, pre-workout, post-workout, dinner? Okay, so I'm on an interesting food schedule. Uh-huh. It's nothing like yours. And uh, <laughs> Well, we do different things. Yeah, totally different. But um, I eat on a two, I have a timer every two hours and my timer goes off. I'm eating. Uh-huh. Is the timer going to go off during this podcast? No, no. I'm going to eat. After I got this. a bowl of blueberries in front of you and a couple almonds, but I feel like I should be feeding you more right now. No, I'm, I'm good right now. I'm yeah. going <laughs> right. to go get a calorie. Let, you just test. let me know if you get hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. But um, yeah, to reach the 10,000 cal- 10, calories a day, every two hours I'm eating, eating something or drinking a shake. Um, and it's a lot of preparation. So in the morning, I'll have like um, berries or some kind of fruit smoothie with with a bunch of bananas. That's an um, that's another thing. I'm eating like 25 bananas a day. Mm-hmm. Not out here because it's so hard to get organic bananas out here mm-hmm. in Costa Rica where I, where I train at. There's free bananas everywhere. Right. So organic 
That's the greatest. So. Right, right, right. 30 bananas a day program. Yeah. And that's so many calories and carbs, which is great for uh, gaining weight. But um, yeah, so I do that and I do like a bowl of millet or a bowl of uh, couscous or something like that. Oat, uh, soaked oats. I soak a lot of my uh, soak a lot of my oats and and nuts and stuff because it uh, it helps with digestion and absorbing as much of the nutrients possible. That's another thing. I'm constantly trying to figure out ways to make food as dense as possible, mm-hmm. packed with nutrients as possible. That's where the Vitamix comes in. Oh you can yeah, just blend it all down and pack so much into it. Oh yeah, if, I, it's, if it's greens or raw vegetables or fruit or whatever, you can get so much in you so much more quickly. Yeah, I use the Vitamix like crazy. Right. I don't, I couldn't be vegan without the Vitamix. Right, right, right. <laughs> so what? Is, so so tell me what the typical shake. What's in the typical shake? Okay, so the typical shake. Um, Everybody wants to know that, right? I know, it's right? Like, like that's a secret. I should be selling this. No, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the typical shake is. Like oats, um, what was it, wheat germ, like I said, five bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is like one big shake, and I just drink it down. Like I'll drink one shake and then wait 10 minutes and drink another shake. Mm. But uh, I do that. Five bananas, uh, coconut cream, uh, sunflower seeds, and I just kind of mix it all in there. And then I get, I try to get... Uh, 65 grams of protein per per like 64 ounce um, container, and that way I can get. Um, I just drink it down half. That's 30 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. I, I drink that before a workout, and I drink the other half after a workout. And then I just you know I have like probably like I drink like three of those 64 ounce containers. Right, right, right. And and in terms of supplements, what just like a plant based protein supplement like mm-hmm. Vega or Sun Warrior or something like that. Well, I use uh, I use Vega. Before I use a lot of Vega before I use their, uh, but right now and Health Force, mm-hmm. I use a lot of Health Force. But right now I don't I don't use much of anything being out of um, being out of the country because can't really get anything there. And that's really mm-hmm. when I put on the most of my weight, the bulk of my weight. I was using that's a, interesting. Yeah, when you when you stop doing the powders. Yeah, when I stop doing the powders. What do you? How do you explain that? just whole foods man just yeah. dense foods and less processed foods i'm not really a huge fan of processed right. foods i mean they taste good and they're a great transition for people trying to come from you know the standard american diet to the, the vegan diet but you know there, there's not a lot of nutrients in them you know but uh they're but they're still very tasty mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah so do you when you when you stop doing all the powders you didn't notice a difference in your ability to recover or Build, yeah. build mass or put, keep weight on, put weight on. Yeah, uh, I stopped using the powders, and um, yeah, uh, once again, I lost a little bit of weight, but I put the weight back on again. Uh, not not too much weight, like ten pounds. So I was like two ninety, and I was like, oh my gosh, no, I need to get back up again. So, but I put on, I put on the weight, and I was becoming more cut, more defined, uh, stronger. Um, I was doing two hundred push-ups a day before and then when i started doing more whole foods i was doing like i was like after my 200 I'm like, okay i'm gonna do 300 i'm gonna do 400 and i'm doing mm. like 500 push-ups wow. a day <laughs> like wow it just it's, it's got a lot easier because i felt like eating the whole foods your body can utilize the nutrients more when you're eating so many processed foods it's hard for your body to break that down your body's confused and doesn't know really what to do with it mm-hmm. uh 
I think no. it changes your gut biome too. Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> you you know when you're eating all the whole foods, you're propagating a certain kind of, of you know microbiology in your gut that's mm-hmm. that acclimates to those kinds of foods, right? So you're maximizing that by only eating those. Yeah, definitely. And then and that's another thing. Speaking of gut bio, um, I were, when I went out to Costa Rica, I had the privilege of meeting Victorus Kubinskis, mm. and he's uh, you know who that is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's awesome. But uh, John Joseph's always talking about that guy. Yeah, he's amazing. He's full of knowledge. But anyway, that's the guy who got me doing 200 push-ups a day. Uh-huh. 500 push-ups. He was doing 200 push-ups a day. He's 72 years old, I think. Maybe you think he's older than that. Mm-hmm. But he's got scoliosis. He's blind. And he's doing 200 push-ups a day. And, and I was like, and he was like, Oh yeah, David, I'm doing 200 push-ups a day. I was like, are you serious? I was like, I challenge you. I said, okay. <laughs> I was like, I cannot let this 72-year-old guy beat me in uh-huh. a push-up competition. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so now I had to double it and add an extra 100 on there. But uh, anyways, wow. um, back to the, the gut bio or gut, gut, you know, the gut science. Um, I learned from him how to make uh, probiotics. And so I've been making my own probiotics and mm. uh, sauerkraut mm. and all that stuff. And and a wealth of knowledge, and it's amazing how uh, if you have the 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 right probiotics, you taking them like you're supposed to be, you utilize all the the food like you're supposed to be. Your body can digest them. Right, and then those regular. nutrients become more bioavailable to you. Definitely, just passing right through you. Exactly, you have so much more energy. Skin clears up. My muscle definition uh, clears up. I mean, it clears up. It, it, the definition came about a lot better. I got bigger. I felt myself. I, I started weighing myself. I was putting on like five pounds every two weeks. So it was, and it was like solid. I wasn't putting on mm. any fat. So it was really good. Right. And what about recovery? Oh man, recovery is great. So one of my workouts is when I'm in Costa Rica. Is I take a bag, a bur- big, huge burlap bag. I don't know how big it is, but like, and I fill it up with rocks. And and so what I do is I take this bag and I do I, I carry it front in front of my body like this I carry it mm-hmm. like a person and I just carry it up the hill and I do that all day and I never get tired and my I, like it's it's amazing I run all day like the stuff that that used to make me tired before when I was doing a lot of the pro, like processed foods and stuff um, you know it. It doesn't tire me out anymore. It's like the oxygen is just free flowing in my body. I utilize oxygen a lot better. Recovery time, I don't get sore after workouts at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see a lot of people post on Instagram like about how, oh yeah, on leg day, if it was leg day and the zombie attack happened, you know, I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, right. But my legs never get tired, and and my legs are. I, I lift what's a lot. The, uh, what's the squat and the leg press these days? <laughs> uh, the squat. I'm squatting like. Uh, just the other day, uh, yesterday or the day before, I squatted a uh, leg press 1,600 pounds 10 mm-hmm. times. So it, it's... It's working out. It's working, you know, 1,600 pounds, you know. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, yeah. but uh, squat is, is like 600. So it's, it's doing, I'm doing really well. Like that's some of the, the highest numbers I've ever had. So I'm really impressed with what I'm able to, to, to churn out on mm-hmm. this uh and this vegan lifestyle. Right. All right. Well, back to like the food timeline. So we're, we're through breakfast right now. Okay. So how does it work? Like snacks, lunch, pre-workout, afternoon workout, after you work out, dinner. Okay. So 
snack. Okay, pre-workout. I get my workout. Pre-workout, I do uh, maca, maca powder, and um, spirit, uh, like a mixture of maca powder, spirulina, mm-hmm. and uh, moringa. And mm-hmm. moringa is the that's like the superfood, superfruit of all superfruits. It's like a plays every position. Yeah, it's you know, awesome, awesome stuff, and it seems to give me a a great energy boost before workouts, and it keeps me going. And because um, it also has protein in it too, right? So, but um, yeah, it keeps me it keeps me going, <clears throat> keeps me going for the whole workout. Lots of energy, and it's like um, so. That's my pre workout, and um, and then during the workout, I actually put spirulina in my water. That's like my little secret. I take it, put water in the in the Vitamix, put some spirulina in there, maybe a little bit of moringa, and I blend it up. And it tastes like crap, but it does yeah. it does great because you're fueling your body. You're working so hard in the gym. Well, at least me, or I work so hard in the gym. My body needs some fuel, some nutrients to to kind of supplement while working out. And it does a great job. It just gives my body that protein right now that it needs right. during the workout. Spirulina is the highest protein content by weight of any food on the planet. Yeah, 60% protein. And uh, I do that in the morning too, but I'll put a little, I'll squeeze some lemon in it. To really? make it and actually it tastes a lot better if you do that. Uh-huh. Um, but it's incredible how you just immediately feel good. It's yeah. just water, spirulina, and a little lemon. And you're like, boom. Zinger. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I never talked to anybody else that did that though. So <laughs> I thought I was the only guy doing that because for most people, like it's unpalatable. Yeah, you know? it's, it's not like it tastes good. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to try the lemon thing. But yeah, it does taste like like ass. Mm-hmm. Sorry for all the curse words, but yeah, that's all right, man. It's a podcast. Dude. Oh, say okay. whatever you want. All right, cool, cool. Um, all right, so that's like during workout, and then I assume like after workout, another shake. Yeah. Is that what you do? So after workout, I take another shake down, probably like 500 calories because I'm lifting heavy weights. So, and I'm trying to gain weight. I don't want to just take a shake down that's going to be just enough to refuel my body. So, I mean, like just enough to barely meet my muscle mass and all that stuff. So I'm drinking uh, at least 30, or 30, not at least 30 grams because your body can only process 30 grams of protein after you work out or 25 grams of protein. So I do like 30 grams shake of protein. And then I do, uh, and then I do 500 calories of it's a combination of bananas, uh, oatmeal, um, wheat germ. Like I said, I put some flaxseed in there. I also do flaxseed before workouts mm-hmm. because that actually helps your body to burn fat, um, fat your fat energy stores for energy during the workout, prolonging your workout, making it. Uh, I have great workouts when I use flaxseed. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it also lowers your blood pressure for guys who have high blood pressure problems. And I used to have high blood pressure, so I'm always taking it. But, uh, right. Is the blood pressure good now? Oh, uh, yeah. Blood pressure is fine. Mm. Uh, I don't have any problems with it. But, um, yeah, after workout, so bananas, flaxseed, uh, oats. So I do soaked oats because that, that they're pretty much more digestible right. that way. And, uh, yeah. What about beans and legumes? That's I put, more like a dinner thing? Or? I put beans in there sometimes, a lot of times. Um, in your blend? Yeah. Oh, you blend protein. them up in your drink? It's protein. Really? How, I've never done that. How's that taste? Well, I put black beans in there sometimes, and it's not very pretty. Right. <laughs> but uh, I usually do white beans or something like that. And then, you know, at least it looks nice, but it's the same amount of protein. 
And it's got a lot of calories, a lot of fiber in it. And that's another good thing, too. Fiber mm-hmm. is good for muscle development. A lot of people don't know that. They have fiber deficiencies, and that's why they're not building muscle. It's not, they think it's protein, but it's really you don't have enough fiber in your system. But, um, yeah, so I do that. That's beans, bananas, flax, flax oats, and wheat germ. What about um, uh, you ever do beets? I do beats during Pre, before workout, pre workout, yeah, pre workout, yeah. yeah, man, dude, it's like that's crazy how much better you feel. Like you feel like you just every breath you take in is like three breaths. Yeah, definitely. I learned that from uh, Paul Shapiro. It's a good friend of mine. Uh, oh, at Humane Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good friend of mine. He, uh, I owe him a, a workout. He's like, I want to work out with you. Yeah. I don't know if you can hang, bro. But uh, okay, <laughs> we went to the same high school. Really? Yeah, yeah. Small I mean, world. I'm way older than him, but uh, but I know Paul. Oh That's yeah, cool. He's cool. Him and his brother. I call his, his brother like the vegan Rambo. That guy's got uh-huh. like case out against the FBI and all kind of right. <laughs> yeah, there, it's a hardcore situation. Yeah, I met his dad. You know, like grew up in a really conservative family, but when he was at, like when he was in high school, he had crazy dreadlocks and you know, <laughs> like growing up in DC like that, like that's radical. You know, he was always like an activist dude. Yeah, they're cool. I like them, man. They're great people. What were we talking about? We're talking about dinner. Dinner. Oh, yeah. yeah, we weren't, but we are now. We are now. Yeah, <laughs> that's where we're heading. Yeah, but. Uh, Dinner, my one of my favorite things is a uh, gallo pinto, which is um, beans and rice. Because beans and rice comprise of a complete protein. Most people don't know that, but uh, and it's very filling. Plenty of carbs, plenty of calories, plenty of fiber, plenty of protein, and uh, I usually add avocado, tomato, and uh, some some. Uh, queso on there Mm -hmm. and make that in the Vitamix with the nutritional yeast, which Mm -hmm. is a complete protein. It also has uh, B12 in it too. Plenty of B12 from recovery and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and, uh, the cashews, they have, there's so many calories. It's like, it helps Mm -hmm. you to, I feel like that helps to put on so much weight with the nutritional yeast and the, and the cashews and all that stuff. We make uh, cashew cheese in the Vitamix with, with uh, nutritional yeast and cashews. Yeah. You done that? Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah, That's right. my favorite. I do well, it like every day. I, t- I know. Like, <laughs> who am I talking to? Exactly. You know, it's funny about, I mean, I could eat beans and rice every single day. I pretty mm-hmm. much do. You know, yeah. like I'm pretty simple. Like I like it. Like I could have that for dinner every night. Just that with like a little avocado and some hot sauce and like I'm good. Yeah. And when people say... Oh man, you know, plant-based, so complicated, so expensive. It's like it's so simple. Buy a huge bag of rice and a huge bag of beans, and exactly. you're out like ten bucks, and you can eat for like a month. Exactly. I don't, that's the thing. And it takes people. ten minutes to make. Yeah, like expensive. Like that's like eat the poor fruit. man's diet. I eat fruit during the day, and I'll eat that like for lunch and dinner. I, I honestly, I could like be happy with that. Yeah, yeah. As and long as I have a Vitamix too. But yeah, I mean, you can make anything a Vitamix, but. Oh, sometimes I make like bean soups, just pour a bunch of beans in there, like white beans, and then, and then put a bunch of seasonings in it, some like a pumpkin or whatever. And then it's like protein packed, like um, yam, protein beans and yams. And mm-hmm. that's like, it's sweet. Put some vanilla in there. You don't even taste the, the beans. But you, you have the yam in there. It's super sweet. It's like a Thanksgiving treat or something right. like that. It's awesome. It takes like no time to make. No time. But it's full of nutrients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I got a pretty clear... What about desserts? I'm not a real dessert guy. I don't do desserts. Oh, banana and ice cream. Fruit, yeah. That's my fruit or banana and ice cream. That's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I'm eating ice cream, 
but I'm not. It's just bananas. It's awesome. That's good. So, all right, I get it. Um, and I want to uh, I want to get into the whole Costa Rica thing because mm-hmm. uh, you kind of went down there with one idea of what was going to be up, and it seems like it's turned into a different thing, man. Like <laughs> suddenly you're living down there. Yeah, well, we're What's not going, living down there. We're, we're, we're living down there, kind of, but we're going to live down there permanently uh-huh. after everything's all said and done. But right now, we went out there to go with our Tim, with our friend Tim, and uh, he's a great guy, animal activist. He works with a health force. Um, he's cool. He's got this huge vegan tattoo across his neck. Oh wow! Yeah, he's he's about that life, but. Um, he, um, we went out there to go visit him and, you know, work with, he has this thing called, uh, Project Awea, and it's a turtle farm and they save turtles and it's most turtles, there are 10,000 turtles born and one of them will survive. Mm-hmm. So they're going extinct. So he does that. He saves turtles. But while we were out there, we met this, uh, girl named Alice, um, uh, <laughs> Alice, Allie, and, uh, she's awesome. Great friend of ours. But, uh. She goes to the school called uh, Futuro Verde, and it's a you know pretty forward-thinking school in Costa Rica, but um, it's a private school, an IB school, inter-baccalaureate school, mm-hmm. so they're doing very well. But uh, they asked me to do a speech there and talk to them about uh, veganism and what it entails, and um, I went there and I spoke to the kids, like the little baby kids. And that was the most frustrating thing I've ever done. It's so hard to speak to a little kid, like, first, second grade. It's hard to connect. Yeah, especially you know? about nutrition. They know, like, what's calcium? Yeah, like, it's uh, like you got you to gotta <laughs> find a way in with kids, yeah. right? It, that, that, it's not easy. Yeah, definitely. But then I spoke to the high school kids, uh, you know, the uh, uh, upper grades. And after that, you know, I told them about everything, how natural flavors, what they're really made of. Did you know that the natural flavors... Like one of the major ingredients in natural flavor, they derive from beaver butt. So I, ha- I had heard that. I mean, the word natural means nothing. Yeah, yeah it means so. absolutely nothing. It's it basically means it's in, it's in the three-dimensional world. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I talked to them about that, talked to them about how I became vegan and, you know, the things that I eat and all that stuff and how they can start transitioning onto the vegan diet and how it would be good for them and how it's cheaper to eat a vegan diet as well. That was one of the things that I pitched to them. The next thing I know, the school is like, oh, yeah, you know, we want to um, start. We're, we're impressed by your presentation. We want to start implementing, you know, vegan into our meal plans at the school. And it started with one day we, we pitched to them like uh, Meatless Mondays, which is a program that they do out here mm-hmm. in the States. It's Meatless Mondays. It works pretty well. But we, we went and talked to them. We told them how, you know, they can save money doing this. We're saving money uh, having vegan meal plan. And and how it's going to be better for the students and all that stuff. They're doing three days a week now, vegan wow. vegan menu, and uh, that's pretty good. Seeing that that's the, actually that's the first school in Costa Rica to become vegan. Wow. So, but Costa Rica is a pretty interesting place. I mean, you know, it's incredibly progressive. They have no, <clears throat> they have no like army, right? Like they have yeah. like no uh, sort of military yeah. setup. And, you know, they're on the cutting edge of organic farming. I mean, it's basically like an incredibly vegan, plant-based, friendly place to live. Might be the most on the whole planet. Yeah, it's pretty... the way they function. It's pretty vegan, but at the same time, um, they're big, like, agri- agriculture people. Like, they're all about, like, where we are 
It's Montezuma, Costa Rica, and the Nicoya Peninsula. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the blue zones. Yeah, one of the blue zones. But it's really, like you said, there's a lot of vegan people out there, but it's not, like you said, there's organic farming and there's a few vegan people out there. But it's really like, you know, grass fed cows and mm-hmm. all that. That's what they're big on right now. Right. Because so, that's well, sustainable making, agriculture. Yeah, sustainable yeah. agriculture. But that's what, you know, that's what, that's what they make their livelihood on is selling, selling meat. And selling cows, and they're very religious out there. And veganism is comes across as a uh, as a religion. Being vegan comes across as a religion to them out there, and they're, they're like, "Oh no!" But to to have that as a in one in any of the schools in Costa Rica or in Latin America is, is pretty impressive. And Humane Society International is is involved in it now, and they're helping to re, revamp their menu. And eventually the school is going to go completely vegan, all five days wow. vegan, which is very impressive. I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And that's awesome. That's pretty cool. That's just like uh, Muse, um, the camera, Susie Cameron, Susie and uh, Susie Amos Cameron and, and her sister, Rebecca. <clears throat> Susie's the wife of James Cameron, the film director. Mm-hmm. And their school, Muse, is right on the other side of that hill. Really? Right behind you. It. It's pretty cool. You should go and they have a um, thing called Muse Talks. It's kind of like a, they do like a TED Talks thing where they bring speakers in to speak. You would you would be great. You should go and you should you should go and give a talk there. I think I might it, I might it, try and hit them up. Oh, you should. I'll I'll, I'll introduce you. Uh, our uh, I gave I did it. Rip Esselstyn's done it. Neil Barnard's been there. They just had Sir Ken Robinson. Like they get some pretty cool people. But you would be great. Awesome. And they're gonna um, they're instituting the first. You know, all plant-based lunch of any school in the country. It starts next year. I mean, they already eat. They have plant-based every day, but they have some other options because they just felt like they had to for the parents. But next year, it's full plant-based. They're growing all this food there. It's it's an amazing place. I'm sure you sent your kids to that school. Well, we've been um, we've homeschooled all our kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But our two uh, youngest, our two little girls, they were kind of at a point where. It was becoming apparent that that they could benefit from a little bit more structure, um, and there were certain things that they wanted to explore, and they seemed to have an interest in in checking it out. And like you know, we've known Susie for a while, and we're kind of connected to that school, so it just made sense. So literally, just like three or four weeks ago, they they went there to just kind of go for the end of this year and see how they liked it, but they're enjoying it. I mean, it's amazing. They, it's like solar powered and like all this kind of stuff that is like doesn't exist in any other school yeah it's pretty cool but um i'll, I'll make sure that i introduce you to them because you would be cool you would be great appreciate it but that means but that means that you can't just go hide out in costa rica all the time right no we're coming so what, back out here man that's temp- that's like temporary yeah. we're just setting up for the future but uh, but you went down there to like here. go visit some friends and did you just stay or did you come back have you been kind of going back and forth well we were, we're coming back and forth but we stayed out there for a pretty long time it's uh-huh. so amazing but you know we can't get any work done in costa rica it's they yeah. don't even have really internet <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh we're coming back out here and uh to LA, this is our hometown, and we're coming back out here to get some work done. You know, three hundred pound vegan is growing, and we're trying to do some things. So, literally and figuratively, yeah, definitely, right? right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So, but you just need that phone to ring. Yeah, but I'm sure. How's it looking? Right. I mean, do you have any? Do you kind of have a sense of of how it might play out right now? Yeah, it's looking good. Like I said before, I got hurt. I was doing very well, and you know, I had a lot of put up a lot of stats. And, you know, I was impressed with myself. I'm like, oh, man, I'm doing this on a vegan diet. This is great. But, uh, 
I actually was doing better than I was when I first came in and, and any time in my career. So, you know, it's just a, right now it's just a waiting game. So we'll see what, we'll see what happens in August when the camp starts. Right. And, and most guys in your position would be working with a trainer every day at a gym, mm-hmm. you know, doing that kind of traditional route, but you're down in Costa Rica doing this kind of primal functional body strength, you know, swinging from trees and carrying, <laughs> carrying rocks around and stuff and like doing pushups on the beach with the 72 year old guy. Right. So how does that work when, you know, you don't have that, that kind of familiar accountability to another person. And it's kind of all on you to get up in the morning and, and figure out what you're going to do to, you know, take care of yourself and put you in a position where when you get that call, you're ready to show up and play. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a challenge. It makes you, it makes you, you have to be accountable to yourself. Like you don't have, I don't have an accountability, accountability partner. I have to get up in the morning and get out there before it gets too hot and work out by myself. And, uh, before I left, I worked, I sat down with my trainer and my defensive line coach, who I, my pass rush coach, who I work with. And, um, I, I worked out a workout plan with the two of them. And, you know, I had, I got that down before I went out there, but then I started adding my own stuff. But it, it, it for when I, when you're out there by yourself and you're working out like that by yourself and doing it all by yourself, you have to push yourself. It's a, it's a mental thing. And, you know, like when you're running and you're running a hundred miles, <laughs> you know, you have to push yourself and no one's going to do it for you. And, uh, that was kind of like a, a, like a crutch that you had when you're working with the trainer in the stage. Once you start to slack, somebody would be on your back. Yeah. But when you're doing it, you got to push that weight off your chest by yourself. You know, you got to carry that weight the rest of the way. When I'm carrying that huge bag of rocks or pulling that tree down the, the beach, I have to, I have to do it myself. I have to motivate myself to do it. And, you know, it's a, it's physical training, but it's also mental training as well. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, let's get into that part. Uh, I know that like yo- yoga and meditation is kind of a thing that you've gotten into, right? So mm-hmm. how did that start and how has that kind of impacted your perspective? Oh, yoga is awesome. I think it's uh, like it clears the mind. It, it, it fixes the body. It creates space within the body. I sound like a yogi. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. dude. That's <laughs> like straight up. You're like unlike any other football player I've ever met. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. No, I mean that's a that's a, that's a good thing, you know. But it's not normal for you know an NFL guy to start you know waxing poetic about like yoga and meditation. Man, it, it should, should be. Yeah, it should. Right? It's like like nutrition should be a very huge thing in sports and nutrition. But we already discussed that. But it's it's not. But uh, yoga, man, it's awesome. It creates space. You get to you you get to know your body. You get to you, you're like having a conversation with your body when you're doing yoga, and you get to go into those deep places. Like mm-hmm. my shoulder, for example, my shoulder injury. Doing all those uh, downward dog stances and and doing all those poses and and stretching and planting my hands into the ground. Um, it was a that stuff opens up your that stuff. It makes you use those muscles that you've never used before. Being a big man. It's hard to get into those poses and the crane poses and stuff at 310 pounds. But uh, it, it really, and that's another mental, mental strength thing you got going on right there. It forces you to push yourself to places if you've never been before. Mm-hmm. You are listening to this podcast because you care about improving your health and your well-being. 
But this quest is incomplete if you have yet to add my friend Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast into your listening quiver. An RRP favorite and someone I'm personally quick to call when I'm in need of good advice. From nutrition to mindset, fitness, and relationships, each episode is packed with the tools you need to become the architect of your health. Subscribe to Feel Better, Live More, available wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation, a groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most, mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. And where did it where did it begin for you? And what was your entry point into yoga? Uh, my beginning point was uh, shoot, when I first got into the league page, made me start doing yoga. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to do that. Yeah, she made. Come on, man. I got you know, the same I story. Start doing it myself. No, but like where I knew that that's I had a feeling that's what you were going to say, which yeah. kind of leads me to the next thing that I was going to talk about, which is you know the importance of having like a strong supportive partner who's like pushing you to grow and expand because dude i mean left to my own devices like i'm a jack-in-the-box you know what i mean like my wife was really you know she wasn't fully plant-based she wasn't fully vegan but Mm -hmm. she was leading a healthy lifestyle and had you know healed herself of a cyst in her neck um using ayurveda and she was into yoga and meditation and reading spiritual texts and always kind of like trying to expand her horizons and grow and, you know, I just wasn't interested. You know, it's like it took me, I had to get to a place where I was in like a lot of pain in order to start listening. But but having that partner who's kind of, you know, willing to help and, and standing in their strength, like in the light, mm-hmm. has been transformative for me. You yeah, know? definitely. And it sounds like you've got definitely have the same thing. Yeah, right? definitely taking me to a place where I never I know. You, even you, thought you about give going. give Paige a mic. She's sitting over there all quiet. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> she's good I, I think right but i mean she's you know listen she was the entry point into these nutritional shifts the yeah, entry point everything. into yoga yeah same with meditation yeah same with meditation i was like mind racing like i'm not trying to sit down i'd rather sit down and watch television or something or play you know football games or whatever go work out whatever i'm not going to sit there and do nothing for 30 mm-hmm. minutes and just breathe like, okay. <laughs> like, right. And just, like I said, mind racing. But it is, it's amazing how 
you know, you, you think that doing a bunch of stuff is probably, I'm, I'm being productive, I'm being productive. No, you, you sit down and you relax and you, you, you know, you think about, you don't even think about anything, but it just, it helps you to grow. And that's the, the easiest way to grow is met, through meditation. I was talking to one of my, my old teammates about it. He's, and, he, and he was like, man, you know, he was like, cause I tell him all the time, bro, you should meditate. You should do yoga. You should, you should, and I'm trying to make him vegan. He's uh-huh. like, he's now he's talking, I'm going to be vegan. But now he's like, you know, um, Hey man, you know, you should meditate. I'm like, man, I'll t- I'm the one that told you that. <laughs> like, he's like, and he's telling, he's like, oh, you should, yeah, I'm thinking about going vegan. You know that? And I'm like, man, I'm the one that told you that. <laughs> but, uh, it, it's, it's great, man. It, it does a lot of good things for, for your mind, for your body, for your soul. And I think it even helps you to heal injuries, you know, just the power of the mind to heal power of the mind. Yeah. yeah. Now we're getting all new age. I know, right? Right. How about that? Namaste. Um, so, how does uh, how does that how does that look for you? I mean, what is there a particular type of meditation that you do, or you know, no, I haven't got all into it like that. I just kind of just relax and I just clear my mind. I sit down in my yoga pose and just mm-hmm. I do it. And it is not just still meditation. When I'm doing my my yoga, I sit and I meditate. Or, you know, you meditate anywhere, really, as long as you just sit down, relax and clear your mind and just just get rid of all the world stresses that you have, the day stresses, which you have. Don't think about what you have going on in the future. Don't think about what's troubling you from the past. And just, you know, that stuff, it, it, it works. It's, it's calming. Mm-hmm. And that's the best thing. Most people don't get the chance to have that in the day. Right. And, and they may think that like, oh, well, you're in Costa Rica, you know, I'm stuck on the 405 while you're sitting on the beach. Yeah. You know? But the truth is, it's just a choice that you make. Yeah. You can do it wherever you, you are. You create your own world. Right. Yeah. But it probably is easier in Costa Rica. It's a lot easier. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to deny that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to deny that. Um, how do you handle... Well, actually, before I get into that, I wanted to ask you, because it kind of falls on the heels of the spiritual aspects of, you know, the, the, the things that you're kind of stepping into and growing into, <clears throat> which is the ethical side of, of being vegan. I mean, initially you, you made this switch because you were injured and you wanted a healthier way of, you know, sort of being a football player. Yeah. And now you have a different perspective, or maybe I should say a more expanded perspective, because, you know, you're a pretty passionate animal rights advocate and it didn't start out that way. So I'm interested in how that kind of came about. Yeah. Well, definitely. Once I went vegan, it initially was, like you said, just for health reasons. But then uh, when I realized, you know, we don't need meat at all to survive. And I was pushing up big numbers in the gym and running well and, the, and, and put on, putting on more weight than I ever had before. Uh, you realize that you know the only real reason to eat animals animals is is for greed, you know, and like you you know I remember you said that it's the middleman. You're the middleman. I mean, the animals are the middleman. The animals and we're are stealing the from man. them. Yeah, know? I mean, I think there's this idea that we're that we're uh, obligate omnivores that we must eat meat, and so you know, sort of livestock agriculture is just a necessary thing that we have to do. But once you realize we're not obligate omnivores. It's a choice. And yeah. we can not only survive, but actually thrive without them. It's impossible to not go, well, if that's the case, then like, what are we doing? Yeah. It's an it's a, it's a old, old concept that we need to eat meat. You know, like people who assume that we're, like you said, we're, we're carnivores and we're, we're, 
we're not, you know, like our intestines are not made for it. Or we don't have claws. We don't have large fangs. You know, we can't run down a deer and chase them down. You know, none of that stuff, you know. And so it's, it's, it's science, man. Like we're not made to, to eat meat at all. And really, you know, the more people find that out, then, you know, the better the world's going to be. And I feel that people are just... People are just unaware, and because of that, animals are dying every day by the billions and everything. Like, and it's it's not just food; it's everything. It's, uh, for example, soap. Most people don't know. They look on that soap is made from from dogs. Mm. Like, what? Yeah. Wait, I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. So that can't be true in the United States. What do you mean, made from dogs? Made from dogs, bro. Like, okay. Come on. So soap. If you look on the back of your soap, there's going to be an ingredient on the back of the soap, glycerin. Glycerin basically is just a scientific term for, okay, this is what they do. All the dogs that are in the dog pound, they get put to sleep. They take them, and they got to go somewhere. They're not, they're not, not burning them up, incinerating them, or burying them somewhere. They're taking them. They take them to a factory somewhere. They boil them, and they, the fat that comes from the, um, from the dogs and whatever other animals they put in there, cats, dogs, uh, whatever they just take the fat off, skim it off the top, and they make glycerin. That's glycerin. That's the I didn't know that they make the soap out of. So most people don't know that every time they wash their hands, they're putting dead dog fat on their hands. So as and it, and it makes you think like, man, what other what other things are we utilizing animals for that they don't need to be utilized for? Dogs are being put to sleep and being caught by the dog pound, and they're like finding reasons to kill dogs. You know, I know it's a lot of them, but damn, like, you don't got to kill all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and so, but where does this, where does this creep in? Is this just a natural evolution of you kind of realizing like, oh, wow, I'm actually doing really well yeah. without meat. And it just naturally led you to question these paradigms or yeah. is there like a book that you read or, you know, yeah, I mean, this has become like the main part of who you're all about, what yeah. you're all about. I read the book, uh, Mad Cowboy and... Meat is for, I read a couple, couple books, Bad Cowboy, where that's the, and Meat is for Pussies, and mm-hmm. and um, uh, I forget the name of the other book, but it's a really good book, and it, it talks about all the things that they do that it just, just totally, just not necessary to the animals. For example, animals that we eat, the that, that they eat, those people, and that they eat, that, you know, the pain and the suffering that they go through. And that's totally unnecessary. And when you when you take when you take a step back and you realize that, wow, like all this is going on just so I can have a, a steak, you know, they're raping cows to have other cows. Or so have I can like, have a steak. You know, leather seats in my car or whatever. Yeah. You have yeah, or yeah, that's another thing. The death march where they take the cows and they they march them all the way. They can't kill them in India because they're like, you know, they're honored, the cows are honored, so they death march them. They walk across them. The, yeah, across the the boundary line. Yeah, man, that's wild. And just so they can kill them at the end, yeah. And when you realize that all that stuff and how unnecessary it is, especially when we don't need animals to survive in any capacity, it's 2015. We don't need leather seats in our car. We can make a composite leather out of whatever and use that. Or, or not composite, but, you know, we can make 
Um, yeah, there's all kinds. I mean, it's 2015. There's a million kinds of modern textiles that you yeah. know, we, we don't really have to use that. We just like the way it smells. Exactly. Know, like the way it feels. We like our steak. It makes us feel regal. You know, that's where they Or masculine. Like, I mean, yeah, masculine. you know, masculinity is a big part of this whole thing, too. And, and that's why I think you're such a powerful example, like being a football player and, you know, being a 300-pound guy, you know, because yeah. men associate their sense of identity with these sorts of things, you know, mm-hmm. it's like they got to have their steak because it's not just it tastes good. That's part of it, but but there's there's a there's a gender identity that comes with that, and and when you kind of speak to that, it becomes very threatening or, or destabilizing. And it's one thing for like a skinny ultra runner guy to talk about. It. It's a very different thing for you know a guy who can throw up four hundred plus pounds on the bench press and is playing in the NFL to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that. And it does make a difference, you know, like I was talking to somebody about it yesterday and they're like, why do, why do most men feel that they have to be uh, eat meat to be a man? And that is, is true. That's what a lot of guys think. 90% of the men in the world think that. And, you know, they feel like, I don't know, most guys, I don't know, like, I'm a man and there's only protein in here. I got to eat this animal, you know, or get it the blood and it's, you know, yeah, it's the like meat, they're, like they're, the they're meat. being some kind of warrior or something yeah, like some that. Yeah, some carnivore. Like, no, that's not the case. No, you're, you don't have to eat this innocent animal. First of all, you couldn't go hunt that animal down if you wanted to yourself anyway. Like I said, you don't have the... Unless you, if you took away the yeah, gun, going to the Ralphs and they're getting it in cellophane, yeah. you know, or the Whole Foods, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not hunting. The whole hunter gatherer concept is out of, you know, that's out the window. You're not doing any of that. You're grocery shopping, but you know, am I? So you're not really being. That's not really manly. That's you know, opportunist. Like you're out there. It's convenient to go get the the meat in the store, and you're just feeding whatever, getting eating whatever somebody tells you. I think part of it also is that. You know, a lot of men feel emasculated because of the way our society is set up. You know, you're stuck in a job you hate. You're sitting in a cubicle. Mm-hmm. Like you're not you're not living the life of like a primal man. Not you know, at all. so it's one way of saying, well, w- at least when I do this, it mm-hmm. makes me feel manly, even if it's a complete illusion or or fallacy. Because mm-hmm. um, it runs deep, man. It's like a it's like a powerful emotional thing. You yeah. know, and it, that's why I think it's so tough for so many dudes to wrap their head around like yeah. the idea of embracing this lifestyle. It's just it's super scary and threatening because because they associate it with with undermining their manhood. Yeah. And yeah. the truth is, like real manhood, true masculinity, I think, is protect. Yeah, it's being compassionate. It's taking care of of those that can't take care of themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And. Not only that, like being around to protect your family, you know? Uh, right. Yeah, like you said, protecting your family. Let's get on that. Well, if you die of a heart attack at 50 and you're not around for, you know. You can't protect your family. <laughs> you're not taking care of them. Exactly. And then not only that, bro, like think about this. Like, you know, you have your kids. You have kids. You're like, you know what's in the. Now, if you were to inform yourself what goes into what goes into a steak like you have all those antibiotics you have all those pesticides you have all those drugs and everything that they pump into the cows pigs whatever and you cut that up you go buy it in the store you cut it up you put it on a plate and you feed it to your child you are not protecting your child you're harming your child in that sense. you know your wife and that's you're not protecting anybody you're you're poisoning them you're allowing big agriculture or whatever, big, the big farm companies or, 
you know, all these companies to, to poison your child or your, your, your wife. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So that's not being manly at all, man. That's being, that's being, and I'm not trying to be too aggressive here, but that's being stupid. Right. You know, like. So what do you, how do you address it when you, you, the other guy, the guys that you train with, other football players, dudes you see in the gym who are, you know, probably rolling up on you. Oh, hey man, Dave Carter playing the NFL. Like, oh, you know, oh, vegan, really? Like, well, I'm on a paleo diet. Like, it's working for me. Or, you know, what's wrong with paleo? Because, like, it's all about paleo now. Mm-hmm. It's like the big craze. Yeah, I was trying to create some confusion. So, yeah, like, how do you navigate those conversations? So, I, I tell them first, like, one of the biggest things that I like to tell them is that, like, man, that's cool. You know, you, you're eating cleaner than. I don't know, you're eating cleaner than a lot of people, but bro, like, do you understand how the human body is designed? Like, your human body is not designed to eat meat in any capacity. Like, your intestines... Well, those tell you you're, you're wrong about that, Yeah, right? well, like, man, it's science. Look it up. <laughs> like, Google it. Like, the internet is right there at your fingertips. But the it, internet is, is full of all kinds of conflicting, confusing information. It's not always, like this the solution to like google something because yeah. for every study you find you can find a conflicting study and unless yeah. you read the whole thing and figure out who paid for it and mm-hmm. and you have a background in science where you can understand like whatever bias is built into whatever study on either side of the equation then yeah. then you know your whole day's over and you know what i mean like you can go down that rabbit hole forever it is it is a challenge to to go against those people who are, they're just so gung-ho about staying on the paleo diet, staying, eating meat, they're just, it's like a drug for them, you know, they're trying to find any reason to stay eating meat. But, you know, and I t- I, what I do is I tell them, you know, I tell them about that, how is, scientifically humans are not designed to eat meat, or I read to them the heart disease rates and stroke rates and what, what directly correlated to, to meat consumption and dairy consumption and how... The, for example, the milk company, this is one thing I love to tell, how they're like, I was going, you remember that commercial, the Got Milk commercial? Of course. How could you forget? It's like permanently tattooed on my brain. I yeah. mean, it would be impossible to not know what that was. Exactly. Or, and they're like, milk does a body good and all that stuff. Well, legally, they can no longer say that because they, they crack down on them and there's been studies that have been done and they're like, well, they, they say, oh, milk is good for you. Milk is good for you. Well, legally, no, it's not. <laughs> like, it's, they, they, they can no longer say milk does a body good because it does not. So they can get sued for that. That's false so is that why they, they changed the slogan from milk does a body good to, to protein, got milk? To got, to got milk and protein. And milk has protein in it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like... You know, people they they don't they don't know about these things because those things are hidden. And milk company do a great job of hiding that stuff. And and like you said, the the meat companies they do a really good job of hiring teams of of researchers to generate false information and 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 false studies to to argue these Harvard studies that have proven that meat it, it causes heart attack. You know, coagulates the arteries and causes heart attack and stroke and all that stuff. And you know, but you just have to, I like to plant seeds in people's mind and, and tell them like, you know, like, just look for yourself, man, do the research. You know, I've done the research and one of the things is they, they like, you can see that you can, by looking at me that, you know, you're not going to get weak and small by being a vegan. So let that be enough, man. And do some research and watch some documentaries and, and find out for yourself and, and don't just listen to what anybody's just telling you. 
do your own research and, and, and be your own, your own nutritionist and be your own scientist. Cause like every time you eating is one of the things that you do most times a day. Most people eat three times a day. What else are you doing three times a day? Mm-hmm. Nothing. People don't shower three times a day, you know, none of that stuff. So it's like, at least be aware of what it is that you're doing the most time in most of your life. You know, don't just allow, don't just let it be anything that you're putting in down your mouth or feeding to your kids or feeding to your pregnant wife, whatever. Yeah. Educate yourself, like yeah. invest yourself in what that's all about and connect yourself more closely to the food choices that you're making for yeah. yourself and for your kids. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I think for you, uh, the most powerful thing that you can do and the most powerful way for you to carry the message is just to keep getting stronger and 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 play your ass off on the field you know Mm -hmm. what i mean because especially for dudes it's like it's what you do you know is going to trump whatever's coming out of your mouth it's almost like if you do that it doesn't matter what you're you you don't have to say anything yeah you know because everyone gets it yeah you know so i want to see you kicking some ass Thanks, man. I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, well, I think that's a beautiful way to, to wrap it up and close it down. But, but I think, you know, one thing I'd like to leave people with is, you know, maybe some, some tips or, or some inspiration for somebody who's listening to this and they're new to these ideas, you know, and, and they're interested. They're intrigued. They're like, wow, I never would have thought like a dude in the NFL, like really? And so maybe they're ready to, you know, kind of dip their toe in the water. Like where... Where, where would you or where do you suggest, you know, people make that first step? How do you do that? Well, uh, I mean, you're, you were an all in dude. Like I kind of was a little bit too, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I started, you flick that switch and it's over with, but most people aren't like that. Yeah. I started like, like you said, all in the next day, but, um, it's hard for a lot of people to, to, to go vegan because first they don't even know where to begin. And, um, you know, uh, you know, the best way to do is to look up some, look, start researching and look up some, you don't really have to look far, look on, look on the internet and look up some recipes and find some creative recipes, something easy, something simple that you can, uh, that you can make really quickly. And, you know, it's not a huge hassle. And, you know, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm working with this company. It's called, it's called Lighter. And we're and we're creating it's lighter and it's a it's a group that the the nutritionist is actually a runner, mm. a marathon runner, and she's uh we're we're working together to create heavier, which is which is my half of lighter, uh-huh. but <laughs> it's pretty cool, right? So oh no, it's not heavier, it's stronger. That was the first name, right. it's stronger, but it's yeah, it's, heavier as kind of a negative. Most people yeah, don't want to get they don't heavier. want heavier. Yeah. No, it's stronger, but um, it's an awesome. It's an awesome concept. It's really like, you know, it's a personal nutritionist and they do all the shopping for you basically and bring it to your front door. It's like an app? Is it's that what you're a, talking about? It's a website uh-huh. and it's okay. called uh, Lighter and LighterCulture.com. LighterCulture.com. And okay. yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. Great stuff. And they do the best job to get as close to non-GMO as possible. They follow the, the, the big, is it called the big nines? The dirty dozens. Oh, dirty dozens. The yeah. dirty dozens, and um, it's 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 awesome, awesome. They do they get great products and all that stuff, and they have recipes, and a lot of my recipes are up there, and what I do to my weight gaining recipes, and what I do for pre workout, after workout, and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. But um, that's one option. But then you know, 
uh, going on going online and looking up. Uh, there's another great website. It's uh, oshiglows.com. They have great recipes. That's one of the mm-hmm. websites that got me started. And it's 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 very Angela easy. Lippen. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. That's cool. But um, yeah, there's it, there's plenty of vegan options. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of the processed foods, but there's huge process. There's 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 um, Gardein and and um, Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat is awesome. Beyond they have great great food. Beyond eggs, just mayo. Like, I love just mayo. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so for somebody who's not ready to let go of of those, like for you and me, it's like I don't. It's think not about that stuff anymore, but like most people, like uh, they just you know they they need to transition. So yeah. those foods have their place for that. But I think I, I think people overcomplicate it in their mind because they don't they don't know right. So they think it's going to be hard or uh, cardboard all this, foods. Yeah, or, or all this meal prep. They're going to have to you know spend all day because spend all day in the kitchen creating these recipes because the idea is like oh you're trying to recreate. Uh, something that tastes like meat and dairy, but yeah. it's not about that. No. You know, it's so simple. It's like, look, we're sitting here, we're eating, a, we're eating a bowl of blueberries. Yeah. Did we have to prepare that? No, it's you already know? made. Man. I got a big bag of almonds over there and some bananas, and a big bag of rice and a big bag of beans. And like, if all you did was go to the store and buy a bag of rice and beans, you're good. That's a like, meal. That's huge. That's a that's a huge start. Yeah. You know, make a big thing of rice and a big thing of beans and put it in your your refrigerator, and then you can eat for a week. Yeah. Just add some yeah. add some simple things: avocado, tomato, and you're good. And that's a that's a full on delicious meal mm-hmm. right there. I love it. That's my one of my favorites. But yeah, but a lot of people make it a lot harder than what it is. And like we said earlier, that's probably the meat companies. Uh, adding all these extras to it and hyping it, making it something that it's not. But it's very easy and it's very inexpensive. So. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's it's not just the meat companies. It's it's cultural, you know. Cultural. There's just, this is, there's just this hardened idea that this is what it is. And so, you know, it's people like you that are, that are you know, changing that perspective. So uh, thank you for that, man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate yeah, it. You're an inspiration. I can't wait for you to get that phone call. I want to see what you're going to be doing next year, and uh, I'm excited for you, man. Thank you, bro. And I want to come down and visit you guys in Costa Rica. Oh, you should. You were supposed to, and then we ended up coming down here. I know. (laughs) Like, we got to make that happen somehow. I'd love to do that. uh, My friend Charlie Knowles is going to be moving down there soon. He's a meditation teacher. I should connect you to him, too. Oh, nice. I don't know what part of Costa Rica it is, but... Anyway. Probably where we are. That's like the the is big it? hippie zone where we're living. Right oh, now. it is. Yeah. I thought the whole country was a big hippie zone. It, ours is like the concentration of hippies where we are right there. Is it? Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, I like it. Thanks. A hippie in the NFL. Got to do it, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for dropping by. All the kind of books and references that we made throughout this conversation will be in the show notes uh, on the episode page at ritual.com for this episode. So go there and check that out and dig in and uh you know pull that thread and go on your own journey with all this stuff man right all right cool i think we did it yeah how do you feel feel good that was good man you know hey this is a good interview you have to have me back on (laughs) once i get time anytime man anytime i would love to have you back on i'd love to have you back on uh after you know you're back and playing and come and share you know what that's all about and what that what's that like all right you do that no problem man cool man All all right right. peace peace plants Plants. Life.
All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Did it live up to the hype? I think it did, man. I really like that guy. There's something really, truly touched and special about David. So let me know what you thought of the episode in the comments section on the episode page at richroll.com. All right, send in your questions for future Q&A podcast to info at richroll.com. Keep sending them to that email address until I find a decent web-based way of cataloging these questions now that Google Moderator is defunct. If you guys have any ideas about how to manage that, I'm all ears. Just let me know. Uh, for all your plant power needs, visit richroll.com. we got nutrition products. We have signed copies of both Finding Ultra and the Plant Power Way. We have 100% organic cotton garments. we got Julie's meditation program. we got plant power tech tees. we got plant power and peace and plants sticker packs and temporary tattoos. Those are super fun. And now we're offering a run on a limited edition of art prints, both framed and unframed, a pop art take on the USDA's politicization and devaluation of the true organic movement. These are signed and numbered on gorgeous heavy cloth paper from my friend, the esteemed artist and food advocate, Andrew Pasquella. He's really a premier upcoming talent who's making waves in the, in the art and food movement. He's a really touched, talented artist, and it's pretty special and cool that uh, he's offering up his work on our site. And they really are beautiful prints. They're a great way to get your hands on some really fine art that I assure you will appreciate in value as Andrew's art career continues to skyrocket. So basically, everything you need to take your health and your life to the next level, we got your bases covered at richroll.com. But if you want more... I got a few online courses at mindbodygreen.com, The Art of Living with Purpose, which is all about setting goals, doing the inside work, getting your life on a proper trajectory. I love that course. It's about two and a half hours of streaming online content. And of course, uh, Julie and I have a course called The Ultimate Guide to Plant-Based Nutrition. I think that's about three and a half hours of streaming online content. Both of these courses have an online community. It's really robust. And I'm really proud of those courses. So for more information on those, go to mindbodygreen.com and just click on video courses in the upper left-hand corner, and you can learn all about it. Uh, thanks for supporting the show, you guys, by telling your friends, sharing it on social media. I love all that stuff. Keep Instagramming. And keep using the Amazon banner out at richroll.com for all your Amazon purchases. Thanks so much, you guys. I appreciate you sticking it out to the end. Really hope you enjoyed, David. I'll see you in a couple days. And uh, make it great, you guys. Be awesome. Life is short. Do something that scares you today. All right. Peace. Plants. Yeah.